Today's show is brought to you by Coin Gaming and Permission.io. We'll hear more about those later on in the episode. What's up, everyone? I am Charlie Shrem, and this is Untold Stories, where twice a week we dive deep with crypto's most influential leaders, past, present, and future, to find out how this movement truly came to be and how it's continuing to, to be. Like just today, Square announced that they're adding, they're buying $50 million worth of Bitcoin, uh, adding 1% to their balance sheet. It's actually very smart. But but today to join me is the founder and CEO of Proof of Talent, my friend Robert Payon. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot for having me. I appreciate it. It's, it's yeah, so it's crazy with the whole Square. Like I usually don't talk about the news of the day, but it's, it's very smart, and I think it's uh, smarter than what MicroStrategy did. Do you want to hear wh- why my thoughts? Or let me hear your thoughts first. I so I, I probably agree with you. I I mean, my initial quick thoughts is like so. Number one, MicroStrategy is most people I don't think on like in the crypto world probably knew MicroStrategy nah. before this happened. Um, Square is like a Silicon Valley darling. It's a Wall Street darling, and they put a small allocation into Bitcoin, which still happens to be $50 million, whereas kind of micro strategy just went all in. Um, I think a lot of that's around their like corporate governance, it feels like, and just the CEO owning such a vast majority of the voting shares. Um, So, I mean, I think Square doing that is is hugely influential. It's so so insane that that Bitcoin and crypto itself is finding it's like utility in the world of the day. Like it came out of the 2008, 2009 thing, but now what's happening in the world is with them. Like we've 22% of all the dollars that are around in circulation today have been printed in 2020. Think about that for a second. Over 20% now, like our value is debased. And we're hoping that down the road, you know, we don't lose like the consumer price index and things like that down the road. But what 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 happens with major companies, and this is what my thought is, and Jack was very smart because I feel like he needed to like not justify it to himself, but unlike MicroStrategy, justify it in a way that made sense to other companies to do it as well. And the, the premise is this. I think I saw Ari Paul or someone tweet about it today. It said uh, major companies lose one to two percent a year of their of their of the of all their assets from inflation they just they're losing 1 to 2%. By investing 1 to 2% of their balance sheet in Bitcoin, they're basically doing what Bitcoin was meant to do and to be hedge against that fiat inflation. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's it's interesting too because I think, you know, just there have been so many different narratives around Bitcoin and I don't think corporate treasury has has been one that really was, no, we was thought banks were going to do it. We said banks were going to yeah. be holding Bitcoin in their books, <laughs> not companies. And and now it could potentially start a trend. So I'm 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 certainly interested to see. I mean, I think Square obviously had a vested interest and had done a ton in the Bitcoin ecosystem prior to. So it'll be interesting to see if anybody else kind of steps out and, and does something similar in the it's, future. It's I, and I think it's happening, and I think like in the background it's happening too. Um, but I want to go back in time because and and talk to you today because you very recently were able to do something that you wouldn't think in in the state of the industry you could really do anymore. And that is essentially create a company based off of a direct immediate need that our industry simply didn't have. And that was like high-end executive recruitment. And you started it simply by tweeting many years ago and helping people connect and everything like that. And now here we're talking to you, you're the, you're, you're the CEO of Proof of Talent. Like, Hold on. Before we get all into that, the show is powered by Blockworks Group, a media production company. They're my best friends. They produce 20 podcasts in their network, including my friends, a lot of other shows. 
They're really, really great people. Make sure you check them out. And I love emails too. So if you have guest suggestions, ideas, send me a message and watch the show on YouTube and audio and video, but but sp don't spam my inbox, but send me nice emails. I do read them, but okay. So going back to this, uh, tell me about the first tweet that you, the first, did someone email you say, hey, do you know anyone helping me find a job? Like start from the beginning. Uh, as far as the first, just crypto Twitter tweet or starting Both. proof of talent? Both. So, I mean, I, I got into crypto Twitter. I actually started recording YouTube videos in like August of 2017. I was working a uh, enterprise software sales job at home. Um, and kind of like everybody in 2017 was just you know, super down the crypto rabbit hole and, and really enjoying it. And I had a cheap webcam. I had a cheap microphone. And I decided to just talk about what was happening in crypto. Didn't really know much of anything, yeah. but decided to, to pop on and, and make some YouTube videos. And while I did that, I created a Twitter account. Like the first video got 50 views. The second one got like 500. And the third one got like 5,000. I was like, oh, maybe there's something I should continue to do here. So I just made a video basically every single day in 2017 and early 2018. And went from you know, zero subscribers on YouTube to like over a hundred thousand. I was like, "This is this is crazy. I have no idea what's happening." Um, and I was just really, really enjoying that process. I, I love the you know love the industry, and uh, was not incredibly passionate about selling enterprise accounting software at a, at a really? Fortune 500 company anymore. Uh, well, you know, it's accounting, so that's that's one thing. Um, but uh, decided to to try and do what I could to, to work full time in the industry. I felt like I am, you know, making these YouTube videos, but I'm not really working in it. I'm not really participating in it. And uh, ended up uh, with a job in business development and growth at a, at a company that was AirSwap, which is a decentralized exchange that was built on Ethereum. And then, yeah, from there, I mean, I was, I was at AirSwap for, for close to two years. And just towards the, the tail end of that, um, I wanted to start my own thing and, and see what I could do. And I had a background in recruiting. My first job at a college was actually in recruiting. I was looking around the industry, and luckily, from from my job at AirSwap, I had a lot of connections. I knew a lot of people that worked uh, in the industry. You know, CEOs that were were hiring. And I looked around, and and one day, just kind of had an idea. I was like, "Hey, I don't I don't know anybody that's that's like a recruiter no. in the blockchain and cryptocurrency industry." Um, so I, I I talked to talked to a bunch of people. Um, had just really questions about like trying to do market research and saying, okay, you are CEO, you obviously are hiring a bunch. Like, do you have challenges? And a lot of people said, yeah, it's really hard to to hire talent in the industry. And then I proceeded to ask that, you know, would you actually work with a recruiting firm if they specialized in that? And a lot of people said yes. So I was like, all right, you know, maybe maybe there's something here. And decided to to leave my my role at AirSwap and and start doing that full time and. Just kind of left by myself, uh, you know, in in the second bedroom of my apartment, and and started to to get things rolling that way. I, I I'm jealous because I I wish I did what you did, uh, because I but it's not as simple as knowing someone who has uh, who who's looking for for a career, and then someone who has that. It's not you're not being like a dating matchmaker. You have to like, um, so let me tell you what you have to do based on this question. I'm going to ask you is what qualities do you look for in a crypto executive that in the in you know healthcare or in real estate someone who's becoming a chief operating officer you wouldn't really look for that Is, did i ask that right i'm reading an article about I, how to be a better I, podcast host <laughs> no i i think so i mean so so it it is it is a little bit of like recruiting is a little bit of matchmaking you know you're you basically have two different types of or two different 
groups that you're trying to satisfy as best you can. You have the companies that you're working with, and then you also have the you know the job candidates, and you have to work with those companies to find out really like exactly what they're looking for. And then on the flip side, you have to go out find candidates that fit the bill, but also find candidates that are excited about that. Um, so you know you're trying to find that that kind of exact in between and make sure that it is a good match on on both ends of the spectrum. You want a company that's excited about hiring that person because they're going to add a ton of value to the organization. And on the flip side, you want a candidate that's really passionate about what that company is doing. So they go in there, they are productive, and that's that's what we try to do. Do you see any any trends in in hiring uh, over the course of the past like? Uh... A few years, like, did you see at one point more developers? Now, do you see a different type of hire now? Like, what? How does it all work out? Yeah, so I, I would say the one I think kind of interesting trend that's happened recently has been like the the reemergence or the emergence of of the DeFi space. What do you mean uh, reemergence? Um, well, I, not necessarily like the reemergence of DeFi, but I, I felt for a while in, in 2017, you know, you had all these companies building on top of Ethereum, um, you know, a lot of focus on decentralization. And I think, you know, throughout the like, quote unquote, bear market in 2018, 2019, a lot of that faded away, a lot of that excitement faded away. Um, so when I started Proof of Talent, it was June of, of 2019. Most of the work and pretty much all of the work I was doing was around the, like, let's say just centralized entities, traditional companies, whether it's exchanges or uh, lenders, yeah. things like that, that uh, you know, are participating in the industry and obviously you know, doing very well. It was not a whole lot of like blockchain companies. Within the past like three, four, five months, you've started to see a lot more companies that are the like DeFi players in the space that are now hiring again or um, now starting to kind of dive into that space, looking for developer talent, looking for product oh, cool. management talent. Are you are you seeing people that are trying to put things out to market now, or are people willing to invest and build out products for down the road? Because what what one of the metrics, and here for those listeners, if you're interested in 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 some metrics that I look for when I'm trying to look for the top or the bottom, one of the metrics that I always see at the top of any crypto bubble is that when when companies uh, especially the largest ones in the space are looking to just put out products ASAP to ride a wave. When I see that, that means that they're not putting out their development hours into building out longer term infrastructure and products. And that to me is like a top of like a wave or whatever. Do you see that now? Or are we still looking at like long, not still, but I think we're at the cusp of long term projects, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm still, I, I think I would tend to agree with you. I would say one thing that I, I tend to see about hiring is it's a little bit of like a lagging indicator. Mm. I think, you know, in in like the DeFi space in particular, it went absolutely haywire this summer. You know, there was a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of excitement. The the token prices of many projects had insane appreciations. And now there's been basically a, a mini bubble burst of, you know, a lot of these tokens are now down 50, 60, 70%, whatever it might be, after going up a thousand percent. Um and those those organizations are still hiring because I think the space tends to move so fast uh, that it is hard to to hire talent yes. at the pace that that growth happens. So I and you know whether it's a like a decentralized player or a more of a you know a centralized organization, I think you still saw that in 2017, 2018, where the space went nuts in 2017. You saw a lot of the big companies were still hiring well into 2018. And then you started to see like a culling of some of the workforces, some layoffs at some of the larger organizations in 2019. So 
I think hiring does lag because it just takes a, a longer time to hire than the space does to actually go through the the cycles that it typically does. My bear market didn't start till like May 2018, actually, because that's when I tweeted the last time we'll see Bitcoin over under 10,000 is May 2018. And I, I'm still the famous tweet. I'm still getting shit for that. I'm really happy I did it. And I actually remember I remember the location I was when I, I don't know what guy I was just so excited. But that like started another year and a half. <laughs> like a bear market <laughs> of price not getting above and people still give me shit about it, but I don't care. Um, no, it's kind of crazy with, with hiring and everything. So, so how does it typically work? Like, uh, uh how does, how does someone get compensated for helping another person find a career? How does it typically work? Yeah. So the, the economics of our, our business are, are pretty simple. Um, and it, it comes down to charging a fee to the, to the companies that hire. So we charge a percentage fee based upon first year salary of uh, a hired person uh, to the company. So like, uh, we, you know, we don't work with Coinbase, but for example, if we were to work with Coinbase and we were to help them find a, a software engineer, we would charge 20% of that individual's first year salary. And then from there, um, that, that individual does not owe us any fees. So the, the kind of nice parts and the incentives of it, it's, it's fairly, what are people making nowadays? Like what's, uh, what's the typical like if uh, if in, in, you know uh, you have a company, uh, top Tim Draper and Jason Horowitz invest mm-hmm. twenty five million into the company Series A, the founder CEO decides to step back because he doesn't know how to run a company above three people. So now they come to you and they say, "Crypto Bobby, we need a CEO." And this probably happens yep. all the time. This literally happens all the time. How much do, are they? Well, what does a compensation package look like for a company like that? I'm looking for a job. Hey, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> So it, it depends a little bit. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a number of factors. I think location is one and you're starting to see more remote work. So, okay. um, you know, if it's New York or San Francisco, obviously those, those, those types of cities tend to have very high compensation because they have a very high cost of living. Um, so that's, you know, that's one thing uh, in particular. Also, you have, you know, equity consideration as well. How much equity is somebody getting within the business? So, you know, if that's a lower level employee or if that's, you know, an executive Obviously, that's going to vary depending upon the stage of the company and the seniority of the of the individual. Uh, I mean, for for us in particular, we have placed people you know anywhere from two hundred thousand dollars and above wow. to let's say our like average salary average salary probably of of somebody that we place is about one hundred thirty hundred thirty five thousand dollars for like a you know a senior level individual contributor or a uh, kind of early entry level manager somebody of that nature. Are crypto salaries higher than like uh, other industries equivalent? I think they're competitive. I, I don't think that, uh, you know, for, 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 comp- for similar startups, I would say they're competitive. If you're talking about the... And then on top of that, you get to work in crypto. Like you get to work for, yeah. for something bigger than you. So why... I'm curious, like, uh, are developers looking to work in... A specific chain? Are they looking to be agnostic? Are they looking like when you have companies that need devs, like what do they look for in terms of like uh, their blockchain expertise? This is cool because you're going to, so by the way, yeah. after you we release this, you're going to have like thousands of people message you. That's why I'm asking. I'm weeding out your potential candidate list. <laughs> So it, it it depends on the company and the role. Uh, you know, some, for for some positions in particular, like let's say it's just this kind of a more straightforward backend engineer. Sometimes those people don't need any blockchain expertise whatsoever. Um, if it is perhaps a like some type of 
Ethereum developer that's interacting with Web3 and Solidity, that person is probably going to have to have some type of production level Solidity code in their arsenal previously in their GitHub. Um, so it depends a little bit upon what the actual role is. We, we certainly do see candidates with preferences, though. Some, some candidates will, will talk to them on the phone and they'll say, hey, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. I don't really? want to work on anything but. And we'll say, yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And, and some cool, people though. are... I like hey, that. I love... Yeah. And, and some people will say, hey, I love Ethereum. Like That's what I want to spend my time on. That's what I want to develop with. Uh, and that's what I want to contribute. So, I mean, it's really up to us, especially for, for, for companies or for individuals that have a very specific view... It's not us on us to yeah. define that worldview. It's it's on us to help them find that opportunity. And I've been talking about sportsbet.io and their clubhouse, which is a huge community. When you play, when you make a bet, when you do a spin, they pay you with free hands, cash back, and bets. You can play all sorts of games, and they've been doing this for so long in a free, fair, and transparent way on the blockchain. Well, that's not why I'm excited today and why I'm talking to you about this. Because now they're taking this community to the next level by sponsoring the Southampton Football Club. You're talking about millions of British football fans can now see the Bitcoin logo on the front and the sleeve of also the Walford Football Club. I mean, how amazing is that? You're talking about not sponsoring your company. You're talking about sponsoring Bitcoin and crypto. Millions of people around the world are now going to be seeing this and joining the sportsbet.io clubhouse to earn more points, to play games, and to be part of that community. There's really no other way that you can use and spend your crypto and then actually earn more back and be part of this whole community. So listen, make sure you guys join sportsbet.io forward slash podcast. Give them the support that they deserve because they're supporting us and me. Go play some games, get some free hands, get some free spins, and make sure you check them out and support them on the Southampton Football Club's first game. Whenever that's going to be, check it out. Do you have to ever interface with non-crypto recruitment companies? I've worked with a few in the past uh, um, because I brought... I remember, so when BitInstant... You want to hear a funny story? When BitInstant launched in 2013, I used a, a, a recruitment company to help me bring on staff. And it was like so complicated. It was so hard because I I didn't know where to look. Am I going to go on Craigslist? Like, hey, I'm working on Bitcoin. I didn't know anyone. I was 20 <laughs> years old, but we needed staffing. So I called a recruitment company and it was just like such a funny experience. And yeah, that's what it was. You pay the first year salary, but no one wanted equity in my company. <laughs> no one wanted it's... Bitcoin. I offered Bitcoin to people too, I remember. Should have should have taken. We it. did. I think we offered like a ten Bitcoin sign up bonus if you worked up at Instant, just for sign to work for three months, uh, thirty uh, days. Hundred Gs. <laughs> well, I know, well, it wasn't worth a hundred Gs. It was worth. I I know. I know. Two hundred dollars back two, then. Two grand. <laughs> um, but um, and then I remember uh, so a funny story like uh, so the the CEO of of uh, of Blockchain.info, Peter Smith, got his job because. He was actually at my bar buying something with Bitcoin. And that's where he met Roger Veer, who's an investor in blockchain.info. And that's how it all kind of worked out. So it's so crazy how like it all it all works out. Do you do you travel to conferences and you're like antennas out looking for people or looking for companies? How do you do business development? You're sorry, I, your your model is so intriguing yeah. to me. It's so cool. Cause you I guess I remember like I was sitting in the bathroom writing the show earlier, and which is what I do sometimes. And the first question I was going to ask you was like, uh, isn't it cool starting a company nowadays, like in 2017, 
based off of an immediate direct need of an industry that's almost 10 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on the business development front and, and like conferences are definitely a great way. Unfortunately, you know, that's not really happening right now. Um, but I think that that is a, you know, the, the industry, at least prior to COVID was like huge about conferences. Oh, I, love, I miss them so much. Great. And uh, so, so that's, that's certainly one thing. Um, the one thing I would, I would say about like traditional business development in the recruiting world is like cold calling, pounding emails. And we really don't do that. Don't have to do that. And I also don't think like most people in the industry have any interest in, in, in getting reached out to in that manner. Um, a lot of what we do is, is thankfully just referrals, connections, um, and having a, a well-developed network in the industry. And then also it's just the way things happen in, in the crypto world is, is so different from the traditional industry. Like so much of my, of my work happens in, in telegram and things yeah, like that. Crazy. Like that would be unimaginable for, for a recruiter to, for a traditional recruiter to be like, Hey, you know, you talk to your hiring managers in, in telegram and, and not email or not over the phone. It's like, that's how, that's how the industry functions or at least some parts of the industry, you know, others are WeChat or whatever it might be or signal, but like that's, so that's, you know, that's how we approach things. Um, and then we also do some different types of things. Like we work with some of the venture capital firms in the industry to try to help out their portfolio companies as much as we can, you know, when they, when they invest in somebody and they know, okay, they need a bunch of help hiring. Hey, here's proof of talent and they're here to help out. What are you working on this week? This is a new question. I'm sorry to ask people. I'm curious to see like their minds. It's like, what are you working on this week? So we have a, we, we're, we're busy right now. It's, it's, so it's myself. And then I have two recruiters that I hired that previously uh, worked in, in tech sales recruiting. And we are, we're, we're swimming in positions right now. So we're pretty busy on, on that That's front. Um, so you have more positions than you, than you have candidates. I, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of an interesting balance, especially when you're a small Who's company hiring? and that's something that, uh, no, not like the basically company names, everybody. But is it, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I mean, the, I, I would say hiring right now in the industry is, is incredibly, uh, incredibly hot. And I, I do feel really lucky for that too. It's funny because, um, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Like I listened to a lot of recruiting podcasts about that industry in particular. And there was a company I was listening to that has been around for 20 years. They have like 35 employees. I think they have 25 open positions for the entire company. Oh, wow. And right now we have 23 positions that are open for, for three, you know, for a team of three. So there have been so many industries that have just been absolutely crushed by COVID from a hiring standpoint and the recruiting industry or the blockchain industry in particular has, has shrugged it off in pretty quick fashion, which I'm super grateful for. This is an industry where we shrug. This whole industry is just honey badger. We don't care. We, we're doing something crazy. So do you, um, do you follow up with the candidates and ask them like how they're like working at these companies? Uh, do you like tell me some stories, like uh, some crazy, like bad ones and some crazy good ones? And obviously don't mention names. The company's too small. Change details because I don't want people to figure out who these companies are. No, no, no. I, and I mean, we've, we've had for the most part, good luck so far with the individuals that want to knock on wood because things, things, you know, bad things can, can always happen. Uh, um, but we've had, we've had really good luck so far with the people that we've placed in organizations. Um, you know, there have been, for the most part, everybody that we've placed at these companies has been you know, happy with the roles and has done well. Um, it, it, it's been really interesting to see a lot of these companies. I mean, there have, there are certain companies that we've worked with that when I started working with them, it was like a year ago and they were 
30 people. So I mean, a decent sized company would have gone on from being 30 people to a series A to a series B. And now they're a 140 person organization. And like getting an opportunity to participate in that, you know, on the periphery, helping to staff people is is cool. And it's fun. And like, that's, that's the really exciting part about just recruiting in this industry is like, you're, you're able to add value to these companies and kind of help participate in their growth in, in one small way. And I think that's super fun. We have a, we have a question from a a guest, from a, from a listener, actually, that's not from a listener. It's from someone I told him we were interviewing (laughs) you. Dear Crypto Bobby, I'm a Bitcoin entrepreneur for a few years and have been coding and trading and been very successful. I've had other careers in the past, but have not had a real job in over five years. I'm, my wife is pregnant and we're going to have a child soon, so I'd like to get a real career. <laughs> what do I need to do to prepare me to enter the crypto workforce? At a real job. Signed, help me, Crypto Bobby. <laughs> I, I I have no idea who this could be. I, it's not me. I'm not I, like having a baby. No. I just wanted to say. <laughs> so, what does this person, I, I, theoretical person, like have to do? That they've been, you know, working in their computer for years. They've been <laughs> very successful trading, coding, doing all these things, but now they want to get a real job in crypto. So, having having proof of of what you've done is is huge. I think that the, the the blockchain and crypto industry in general is very open to hiring like unique, diverse candidates. Like you don't necessarily like some com- some companies will want somebody who worked in investment banking at Goldman or something like that. Like they're they're very particular. Other companies, uh, and I'd say more than you know more so than than not, will be open to hiring somebody that has a you know just has been doing their own thing, but they're they're competent in what they do. And having the ability to prove that I think is key because let's say you know you you've been trading or you have been uh, coding or you know write, writing arbitrage bots or whatever. If you can prove that, if you can say, "Hey, yeah. this is my GitHub," or like, "Hey, this is my P and L," you know, whatever it might be, like that type of 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 proof better than a to resume a company is is yeah, absolutely. How do you make sure someone can work on a team though? That that definitely comes down to, I mean, a little bit of, of us, like trying to pre-qualify a person, making sure that they have that like social fit per se. Yeah. But a lot of that does come down to the interview process. And most companies do have a pretty in-depth interview process. Even right now, basically all the hiring is happening fully remotely. But you know, there's usually multiple conversations. Sometimes there's a presentation or some type of, of test to prove that somebody can yeah, like you know, a competent or something. in what they can do. Exactly. Um, and I think most of the time, individuals, companies have have done a good job as far as judging the the competency as well as the social fit of an individual to, to join their organization. Yeah, that's a big aspect of it, like social fit. Um, what do you think of of uh, what are your thoughts on on Coinbase's announcement last week about um, you know keeping politics and everything out of the workplace and just keeping work? Like reading that, and then reaction. Like, what are your reactions on that? Uh, it's, it's something that I, uh, I, I looked at and I think that it, number one, just the reaction to it goes to show how heated the political yeah, environment crazy, is right? right now. And basically my interpretation of it is basically that Coinbase said, you know, we're, we're not going to do anything political. And by not doing anything political, there is a certain, uh, you know, certain side of the aisle that is very upset about that. 
And then there's a certain side of the aisle that by saying you're doing nothing means that you're like passively potentially yeah. agreeing with them. Um, and I think that Coinbase is with personally, I think that Coinbase is within their rights to, and, and Brian Armstrong is within their rights to say, you know, this is our company and this is the way we want to do things. I also respect the fact that they gave an exit package and yeah. people also walked away. Oh, did they? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I've, there was, there was a post yesterday, but I've seen multiple on Twitter of, People saying, you know, hey, today's my last day at Coinbase. I didn't agree with it, but uh, you know, taking some time off. And and you know, if that's something that you don't agree oh, wow. with, and you don't agree with the way that that Brian and just the rest of the team is conducting business, then then good on you as as well. So um, I think that uh, it just the entire political environment right now. I'm not an incredibly political person, yeah, and no, that type neither. of thing just went to to show how how incredibly heated the, the I never in my right life now. thought that you'd have to see Coinbase making that type of announcement uh, or any company. But what people have to remember is, you know, you could say whatever you want when you're reading the article from Reuters or you're outside the industry. But when you work in this industry and we all make our livelihoods, you do, I do, we feed our families. Uh, Coinbase is a utility. Coinbase is like our electric company. If Coinbase goes away. Coinbase does a stupid decision. Our whole industry can not fail, but you could have a Mount Gox moment, right? So God forbid, so you have to understand it's like, it's in all of our best interest for utilities to not take any position on anything and just to do their, you, your job as a utility, have a nice day. That's kind of my position on it. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that, or at least from, from what I've read that there was, you know, basically a, a mass, almost a mass exodus. And I think there's, there's potentially, like I said, there's, there's people that have announced that they're leaving, but at one point, they almost had like half their engineering team walk out. So yeah, because there's a lot of go infighting going on yeah. in there over politics and people who aren't working. That's the problem. The, but, the, but that's not just a company thing. Let's look at this from like a dictatorial point of view, like, di- like a dictator or whatever, like a, 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 a country where there's no democracy. They don't want you to work. They don't want you to have a, a life. They don't want you to think on your own. They just want you to like be so worried about politics and all this bullshit all the time that you don't worry about like the real problems that you have in your life. Like, look at these places where no one has jobs, you know? Uh, all they're doing is riding on the streets all day for their jobs, but they're also riding on the streets for things that don't, like that it's all political. At the end of the day, that's what unfortunately uh, some politicians will do is change the topic and, and red herring, but yep. I don't even know. Cause I don't, I'm so excited for this election to finally be over. You're in Brooklyn, right? Are you still there? Uh, not to yes. dox you. I'm sorry. I can edit that out by the way. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's, uh, um, I grew up in Brooklyn, um, before I moved down here. Uh, what's it like in New York right now? It, uh, you know, it, it's been, it's been interesting. I mean, I think that, uh, there's a lot of, especially when the the coronavirus was like in its in its heat, and I think now we're kind of getting back to that. But um, not not a t- not a ton of space. I think people are a little bit on on edge. Your people were definitely on edge, but um, overall, you know, they there's you know, this painting of of New York now being this like terrible place to be, and I I think that's silly. Like it's still it's still you know it's still incredible, but there is also you know a lot of people now that are in New York City that say, hey, I'm working remote and. I don't go into an office anymore and I'm paying a bajillion dollars in rent and I can go anywhere and do this job. And you started to see certainly an exodus of people. Do I think that New York and all these other cities are going to bounce back eventually? Yes, absolutely. But there certainly is a short term 
exodus of individuals and because that rent is actually finally coming down and all that type of thing. I think I saw a tweet today. It said rent is, is as uh, is as low as it was in 2013 in New York. And I said, even in 2013, yeah. it was too expensive. <laughs> I couldn't afford it then. It's true. I remember in 2013, <laughs> I paid $3,600 a month or $2,600 a month. I forget for like a one bedroom. And I'm like, now where I live, you can buy a man. You can rent a mansion for that price. It's true. <laughs> it's a crazy world. It's a crazy world we live in. How do you, do you see, um, you see like how we, uh, do you see that evolving? Uh, how companies hire people? Will it ever go back to in-person interviews? Uh, and how did, when in-person interviews went away, like you can't get everything you, you, you in-person interviews are not just about like talking to the person. It's, it's getting mannerisms and, and some social qualities and seeing how they fidget and, and they, did they come late to the meeting? There's all these the other metrics and factors you look at. How do you do that with zoom? And how do you compensate for that? You, you try your best. <laughs> and it's, it's funny too, because like I've, you know, I've gone through the process now of, of hiring, uh, you know, hiring, Two, two guys that work with me and one person I hired entirely, entirely remotely. Uh, the other person I hired right before coronavirus. Um, he started with me on March 2nd uh, as, as an employee. And I was supposed to go out to San Francisco the second week of March and that didn't happen. But we worked remotely for the entire... Um, basically the entire time up until September. And we finally got together as a company uh, in mid-September. But there, there are some fantastic benefits of remote work and hiring people remotely, there's also a lot of challenges that come with that. Like you have access to talent basically anywhere in the world, which is awesome. Like, you know, removing the the limiting factor of I need to hire within a 10 mile radius is huge. Uh, but on the flip side, like it's really hard to build personal relationships yeah. with somebody. It's really, it's, it's much harder to manage. You have to be like a very concerted manager and you have to really try, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just much more difficult in a lot of ways to do it remote work. work. I hate, I hated it. I'm sorry. Everyone's going to yell at me, but when I... Some people love it, some no. people hate it, but there's nothing wrong with that either. Like It depends how companies I, I think do that's it. Just... It too. But when I was uh, working at a company, I had to do remote when everyone else wasn't. And I had like a robot in the office, but I had to be in front of my computer at home from nine to five every day. And I said, I'm like sitting in front of a computer, but I'm not getting any of the benefits of being in an office. So yeah. it's like a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. And I think that, I mean, do I think that a lot of companies are going to return back to the office and companies that we work with? Yeah, ab absolutely. Um, and some companies are going to stay remote. And I think a lot of it comes down to the personal preferences of the people that run the company and then the employees, but mostly the people that run the company. <laughs> yeah. that's that's who for the most part unless they really take stock in their employees um but I, I i think it's it'll certainly increase the number of companies that are fully remote or allow remote work uh but your apps like the death of the death of offices is is highly overrated yeah, is in my personal opinion super highly overrated it's like we go through these transitions okay so I've um, been listening to the show the whole time, and I'm someone who's interested in in in, in making the leap and leaving my got my my shitty job at Goldman Sachs and work for crypto. Uh, how do I contact you? And also, if I'm a a, a a great crypto startup and I need help staffing, how do I contact yep. you? Or if I just want to watch your videos or read your newsletter, and and because this is so cool listening to you, how do I how do I do that? Yeah, so our our website is proofoftalent.co. Um, there's 
a way to submit your resume on the on the website there if you are a candidate interested in working with us and we'll you know reach right out to you. Um, also, if you're a company, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, also on, on Twitter as well. My Twitter DMs are open, so you can always shoot that to me. Uh, but yeah, website or Twitter are two easy ways to do that. And then on YouTube, we also on YouTube or on Apple, we have uh, like Proof of Talent podcast. Um, and what nice. used to be the the Crypto Bobby podcast, we've kind of changed that to actually talk to to people who are working in the industry. So it's a little bit more applicable to what we're doing now. Proof of Talent. We've talked to you know, software engineer at Coinbase. We've talked to uh, Jake Travinsky, the lawyer at or the general counsel at Compound Finance. Uh, we've talked to a um, a uh, woman who is leading BizDev at a quantitative trading firm, just kind of all across the That's board. That's so cool. Most most crypto podcasts, when I started this show, most of them were just these like general topic, general uh, uh, shows. And what we found is that people like specific, you know, that follow, uh, like highly produced. So um, I don't listen to podcasts much, but I'm going to start listening to your show because that is one, as you see with my questions, how interested I am. Uh, and I don't even have anything like pre- like prepared or whatever except for this line um i'm gonna listen to the show because i want to hear about more of like these com- these people that are working at these companies and what that's like i think that's a big part of our industry and it's a big keeping your finger on the pulse it's important so thank you so much for taking the time <laughs>